Hello, welcome to the Cuban Genealogy Podcast. This is podcast number 405. In today's podcast, we interview Italian photographer Carolina Sandretto and talk about her book, Cines de Cuba, where she went around Cuba and took thousands of photographs of old Cuban movie theaters. And please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And once again, thank you for listening. I'm your host, Brian Toscobello. Perfect. Well, I guess we can just jump right in. So I'm so excited. I'm so happy. I came across your book. Um, I think I came across it on Amazon. So I ordered the book. Um, there are only a few copies left on Amazon, but we can talk about that later. But it's a, it's a beautiful book. Um, I'm so happy that the, that the book exists. And I just want to let you know that for Cuban Americans or Cubans outside of Cuba, how important this book is for us, for us to visualize our grandparents, our great grandparents, how our families, um, you know, enjoyed life, how they saw the world through, through movies and how important your, your book is to us. And especially since there's no way it's not easy to get around in Cuba to go around to look at all these beautiful theaters. So to keep up with the audio part, this is uh, Carolina Sandretto. Sandretto? Sandretto, yes. She's the photographer uh, and she put out a book called Cines de Cuba. We're super, I'm super excited to uh, speak with you. And I know my, uh, our podcast listeners will be super excited to hear about um, your experiences there. I just have a few questions. The interview won't be very long. It certainly is um, exciting. If you just would like to give us some background, and I did read the first page to get some of your background stories. If you just want to uh, give us a little background on what drew you, an Italian photographer, to Cuba and the, the history of the project. Absolutely. So thank you, Brian, for having me. Uh, I am really excited, actually, to be able to talk about this project. And it's very nice for me to hear that it actually really has a meaning, especially for for the community of Cuban Americans and, you know, for Cubans spread around the world, because, you know, a lot of Cubans are really around the world. So uh, what, what an Italian photographer is doing in Cuba? That's actually a very good question. I asked myself that question, you know, <laughs> quite sometimes, actually, especially in the middle of this very long and, and quite hard, uh, but beautiful project. I arrived in Cuba in actually 2009 for the first time. And I kind of like it escaped because I didn't really see uh, the things uh, that I wanted to see. I, I, you know, when you first arrive in Cuba, you see uh, the beautiful people, the beautiful cars, and you see this situation, which is, looks like um, idyllic. And from the outside, especially as a, as a tourist, I was arriving um, uh, in Cuba with a group of uh, American photographers. So of course, you know, they're kind of like sheltered in some ways from the hardship of the of the reality of the of, of the island. Uh, and so I kind of like escaped from it. And then I I, I went back in two thousand and twelve. And um, I guess in 2012, my personal situation also was different. Um, and, I, and I decided to, to have a more profound look at uh, the island. Um, um, and I started going around it. 
uh, with a friend of mine, a Cuban photographer, who was my my guide throughout this uh, this project, and um, you know, to go more deeper on 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 the book itself, I grew up in a small village, actually near from where I'm speaking to you in Tuscany, in Italy, and in this small village, uh, the, the the best thing that I could do on a Saturday night was go was actually to go to the movies. Um, and it was also the only allowed thing by my very strict grandmother. Uh, and so it was a feast on Saturday night to actually go see um, a movie that I probably had already seen another couple of times during the school year, of course, because it was remakes of old movies. And, um, and so one day um, I, was, uh, I was going around um, uh, a small village in Cuba and I saw this, uh, this little cinema and there was this three people coming across the street and walking down with an umbrella and it was a blazing hot, very typical Cuban day, beautiful and extremely warm. And I just had this feeling of being back into my childhood and being in front of the cinema of, uh, of the small village in Tuscany. And I just immediately just took one photograph um, right where I was standing without really even thinking a lot about it. And then I, I, I went back to the father of my guide who, um, who, used to, um, uh, who used to travel a lot around the island, even you know, in 60s and 70s when it was actually very hard to do for his work. Um, and I asked him how many, how many cinemas there were um, you know, around the island. And he said, well, I would say pretty much in every little single town that you see on the, on the map. <laughs> and so I suddenly realized that there was something there for me uh, that was kind of like waiting in some ways to be discovered. The fun fact about this book is that when I came back to, uh, I was based in New York at the time, um, so I came back to recharge and develop my film. And so, you know, I just took a few of these cinemas and I thought, I am sure that someone must have done this work before me. It's impossible that no one actually had this idea before. You know, it's such an incredible piece of of, of culture of the country and it's you know so vast and so huge and there's so many of them from so many different architectural types but you know I didn't find anything not a single pamphlet not a single anything the only thing that I found was uh, Carlos Garaycoa who is a Cuban uh, artist who did this beautiful art piece called uh, Letra al Sensor um, which of course takes into account the censorship inside of the cinemas and inside of the culture of Cuba and the politics of Cuba. So actually completely different from what I did, but it was you know, kind of similar. And I happen to know Carlos, and this is the reason why he, he, he wrote the foreword for me of the book, um, but he was the only one. And so you know, in some ways I kind of felt like I found gold and my, my main focus on this book was really to give all of these cinemas a home to stay all together. That was really something that I really was aiming for. And you have some great photos of indoors of, of the theater. So it's a different, you get to see the, the face and then you get to see like the soul, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. 
absolutely you know that was um one of the um, one of the things that was um uh, the hardest actually to 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 get was to actually convince the people that were guarding these cinemas to um give me the chance to get inside of them so a lot of people were you know afraid that they would have personal consequences of letting uh a, you know a foreigner go inside of uh, of a cinema which I, you know, completely uh, understood. Other people were just, didn't really understand. And, you know, they were ashamed of the state of the inside of the cinema. So they didn't really want me to go back home with a picture of a ruined uh, cinema hall. Um, and I also, um, I also, I, I always asked permission and I actually never um, tried to get inside of these cinemas without having the permission from the person in charge. Um, I thought it was you know, better for me as a, as a you know, photojournalist, as an artist, uh, as a human being. And, and of course, I, you know, I never wanted anyone to, to get in trouble for the work that I was actually, that I was actually doing. So yes, there are some, some insights, very, very hard to, to conquer actually these insights. So that's why I personally feel that, you know, most of them are really special. They were for me because I, it means that I, that I, that I also managed to explain my intentions well to the person that was gatekeeping the cinema itself. So it's kind of a point of proudness for me to also have been able in some cases to actually get in the inside. So, can I just read the back of this book? Because this is really, really important and fascinating. It says, in 1953, Cuba had 694 cinemas and theaters. Havana alone had 134, more than New York or Paris. In 2014, documentary photographer Carolina Sandreto set out to find and photograph with a 50s medium format camera, the remaining cinemas from that golden era. This book is the visual document of her journey. So, first of all, you chose to take uh, a camera. You, it seems like you wanted to tell the story during that time period and not necessarily from a modern perspective, you know, high definition, you know, camera. So it sounds like you really have put a lot of thought into it on how to match the theaters with the medium. So I really appreciated that. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I, I always felt uh, that Cuba has a different time schedule compared to the rest of the world. And um, I think it's, uh, of course, it comes from, um, you know, it's kind of like the good part of the time bubble that characterizes the, 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 the island itself. Um, although, as we know, there's, there's a lot of very, very bad things coming from this. Um, and I and I wanted to respect this. I I, I normally use uh, medium and large format cameras inside of my work, generally speaking. But I also really wanted to um, uh, give the time to these cinemas to actually talk to me. And so um, the best thing that I could find, you know, in some ways to tell the story was a 1950s camera because it was a time of the cinema. Uh, everything is shot on film. Uh, also for the same reason, because it was, uh, I wanted to, to have the, the physical feeling of what it used to be to actually see a movie uh, inside of one of those holes. So, you know, if, if, you, if you look at the book, you, you see exactly the same um, quality of image that you would have seen at that time 
inside of the movie theater while watching a movie. So I kind of like wanted to have this, this feeling go through the book. And I thought that um, the technical part of it was actually going to be the best solution for me to achieve this sense of timelessness in some ways. It's beautiful. Then, you know, to bring in the statistics about how many theaters were in Cuba, that that says a lot. It says that they, you know, wanted to participate in the world and they were they wanted to the stories of the movies. They were, you know, they were fully engaged um, with with the world and with with that medium. So, um, I, you know, I really appreciate that you put that in there because you could easily say, oh, there were only five theaters there. This is this is not a big deal. But like you said, the your counterpart said that there's every little town has a theater. So that means something. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, it's actually, Cuba was actually one of the first places where, you know, the, the cinemas were open um, back when the cinemas were, start, were starting to actually spread as an activity in our society, globally speaking. Uh, because um, at the time, of course, you know, Cuba was under... Uh, the influence, the very, very high influence of the, of, the, of the United States. And it was basically one of the islands of the, of the Caribbeans where Americans used to go for holidays and also for work. Um, and so, for example, the, uh, the Cine Majestic in, um, in Havana used to have an, uh, an, open, uh, an open roof. So you could actually close or open the roof to actually have the fresh air during the night to come in. Um, so it was, uh, the situation was actually extremely advanced in, uh, in, um, in Cuba regarding, regarding the architecture and the quantity. So both the quality and the quantity of these, uh, of these cinemas. Um, there were absolutely a lot of them. Um, I personally think it's because Cubans are so attached to culture and they're so drawn to culture and they, you know, they read a lot and they, and they, and they love the movies. I, I used to go around with a, with a USB stick with inside all of the movies of Fellini and it was like the best gift that I could ever take to anyone's home was the full collection of Fellini's movies with the, with the Spanish subtitles. It was, you know, it was the best off, basically. And, um, and so it's, I think it's the, really the, the, the fact that Cubans are so drawn to culture that actually made this kind of like number of cinema be so uh, elevated inside of, uh, inside of Cuba itself. And, um, and I, it was one of the things that was more uh, fascinating for me because, you know, of course I come from Italy and we do have a lot of attachment uh, for the cinema um, and for the movies. Um, but we never had as many as many movie theaters and cinemas as Cuban has in the in the past. It's I think it's really a quite an impressive number for any other place in in the world. I would say. What was your impression of how the theaters, since you saw so many, what was your impression of what's how they're being used today? Are, do they have any community meetings there? Are they still seeing movies in these theaters? What, what was your impression of, of today's? So up to 2016, 17, uh, there, there were, I think, 16 halls that were equipped with the digital system to actually continue to show movies, especially around Havana and the bigger cities. 
um, also, and this also because of the of the film festival that takes place every year, which is extremely important for South America. It's one of the biggest film festivals of South America. Uh, takes place in Cuba every year. Um, uh, so those ones have been modernized, and they are, you know, they have air conditioning and you know Dolby surround and all of the things that we can actually see in the U.S. when we go out to the movies. Um, some others uh, became actually community centers. Uh, some of them are um, places where kids have um, a theater lesson uh, or, you know, they're just places where they can, um, they can uh, take classes outside of class. Um, some of them are uh, center for, uh, centers for el elderly people to actually go and uh, dance or, you know, spend time. So some of them are, uh, have been given uh, by the state to artists. Um, and, and those artists are re renewing those cinemas and, 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 and having their studios actually placed inside of them, uh, like the record in Havana, for example. Uh, so some of them are actually really um, getting back to having a, a second life. Oh, another thing is um, uh, dance schools are actually taking over the cinemas because, of course, you know, you have the space and you have the stage, which is, you know, perfect if you have a dance company. Um, so they, they are fully still part of society. Of course, these kind of situations are more... Um, um, are more um, placed inside of Havana and the bigger cities. Uh, outside of the bigger centers of, of, uh, of the cities, the cinemas are normally, um, some, are, some of them have been transformed into DVD rentals, for example, which is kind of funny if you think about it. Um, and, but yeah, I think community centers are kind of like popping up in those cinemas um, outside of the bigger cities. So they, they are getting a new life. They are being, you know, recycled. Um, so I was actually really uh, very happy about it because it's, it's extremely important to have um, new endeavors coming to this kind of places. Thank you. Um, so can you tell me how, you said you've been there a few times. So how long did it take for this book? How many were you there for a couple of weeks? Um, and can you explain what it was like traveling around the island? Because in my, in my experience, it's been very challenging. Um, and, then, and then I have another question after that. Okay. Sure. So, um, so the book took uh, four years to make, uh, to actually make the photographs. I was there pretty much for a month, a month and a half at the time, uh, four to five times a year. So, you know, if you combine the time, it's pretty much almost two years and a half or something like this. And yeah, as you, as you, as you said, uh, going around, traveling around Cuba is uh, extremely uh, difficult. Uh, you can only go around by car. Um, making sure that you have fuel enough <laughs> from one point to the other, uh, not to, you know, stay without fuel. Um, and uh, of course, it's, I mean, it's, it's very easy uh, to, 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 to find places where to sleep because all of the people have, um, have home hotels uh, or, you know, how we call them now, B&Bs. Uh, so that's actually very nice because you go and you sleep um, in, in the houses of the, of, the, of the people that now you, that, that after you actually 
talk to and you you get to learn and you know they, they have been very useful for me for finding cinemas as well but yeah going around the island is always an experience it's um it's very it's very beautiful um but at the same time it, it can be quite quite challenging uh even in a you know even in a private car uh, but, you know, I would recommend definitely to, to do it because it's such a wonderful trip to go around Cuba. Absolutely. Then you mentioned, um, can you tell me what other projects you've worked on? You mentioned maybe you had a film project and then what, if there, is there anything you can share with your current projects or project and projects that you would like to do? Sure. So uh, also in Cuba, I, um, I worked inside of the homes and I photographed uh, Cubans in their in their in their homes. Uh, so um, that's another book, which is called Vivir Con, Cuba Vivir Con. Uh, it's been published now in 2019 from an Italian publisher, but you can find it on the on uh, uh, on Amazon, I believe, in the US. Um, so that was my other uh, big Cuban project. I also did a series of interviews. Um, to young Cubans about their dreams and what they expected from their future. Um, and it's, it's called Hopes for the Future and it's actually online as well. Um, and uh, now I'm, 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 uh, I'm working during this year of pandemic, I've been working on uh, the, the memory of my family inside of my home here in Tuscany where I've been uh, uh, self-isolating due, due to the pandemic. And it's a, it's a small book that I published uh, as a, that I self-published as an artist book last year in 2020. Um, so yeah, I mean, my, my career is continuing in, uh, in a quite different direction in some ways, but you know, for me, both of these books about Cuba uh, have a lot to do with, you know, my memory, my childhood, um, Sines is absolutely my love story with the image, the moving image, and um, and what I used to be doing when I was a kid um, around here in Tuscany. And Vivir Con is is more um, something about uh, the family and the way we live inside of our families, and of course, you know, the comparison between. Um, our society in which we are free to go and live alone and the Cuban society where unfortunately you do not have the chance to, um, to, to, to live without your parents because you know, most of the people don't have the means to actually do so. Uh, and so there was this combining of these two aspects of the living together situation between, I would say, Europe and the US and, uh, and Cuba. So I am continuing in this in this stream of of memory, uh, which always takes me back to to what happened when I was uh, when I was a kid. So that's that's a little bit of what it's actually going on right now. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, the genealogy podcast we're part of Digital Cube, and we're trying to preserve the church records in Cuba. So. Um, it's a very challenging project, but a very rewarding project because no one's doing that. But um, so I have a picture I just wanted to share with you because uh, there is a, we went to Tapaste, which uh, there's a church there that's only open, you know, one Sunday a month. Mm -hmm. And there's a theater right right next to it. So I just wanted to share the, share the picture with you because your book, made, your book made me think of so many things. And then uh, I have a self critique. So let me just see. 
uh, you know, it's a podcast, so they won't be able to see it, but um, let me see if you can see the, did that show up? Uh, yes, it looks like you have shared the screen, but I can't see, I, I can see only, only, oh, oh yes, oh my God, I remember this cinema, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. so, so um, I, I realized it would never make it in the book because I have a shadow in there, and I was like, I thought it was a great picture, but after seeing your book, I'm like, I, you know, I learned, I learned a little bit, so... Yeah, it was one of the artist aspects of photographing the cinemas was that, of course, you, you can only move around them so much. And, um, and so there are some of them that are in shades, you know, quite like yours. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, I think that these, um, these photographs, they really um, are about the cinema itself. It's like taking a portrait of a person. So, you know, if a certain person has a certain kind of expression uh, as a photographer, you don't want to change it. You actually want to see exactly that expression that, you know, that the person wants to give to you. And in some ways, that's the way I try to photograph the cinemas. You know, some, of, some, of, some are crooked, some are like in very good shape, some are not. And uh, in some ways, I think that this whole collection of expressions uh, that I saw on the facades and on the insides of these movie theaters um, makes the book and makes it so uh, interesting and so fascinating for someone that is looking at this huge body of work. Um, so I really like your picture. <laughs> oh, thank you. So uh, I did what I did. What you didn't see is that was on the side. There was a lot of rubble, like a wall of the theater had fallen down. And you mentioned that people had like some, they were embarrassed. And a lady came up to us right after I took the photo and said, oh, they're restoring that. You know, she, I could tell she felt embarrassed by that, but I could tell it had been decades. It's not like it just fell over, you know, it's just something that, that happened and they're going to deal with it whenever they can deal with it. So um, I did have a, I did have a moment after that. And it reminded me um, when you told me your story. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's very saddening in some ways because these people uh, that you meet in the streets, um, you know, I had a, a, an old lady telling me that uh, the cinema of her small town used to be all lighted up with lights when she was 17 and it's, you know, where she longed to go for and she used to go with her girlfriends and she, and she had her first kiss actually in the, in the, in the cinema. So um, in some ways, I, I, I really found the same uh, longing for a past that I had concerning my own personal cinema here in Tuscany from these people. And, you know, the same kind of like attachment to this idea, also, you know, the, rent, the romantic idea of what the cinema used to be and the magic of, uh, of going to the movies. Um, and at the same time, a clash with the reality of a country that simply cannot keep up with the number of, you know, generally speaking, buildings that there are in Cuba and that are, of course, in need of serious uh, recuperation and serious work. And, you know, in some ways, that's the cinemas are um, 
just part of this like huge number of, of buildings that need that would need some serious work and they are only a part of it. But yeah, I, I, I had the same experiences over and over people coming to me and saying, you know, it used to be amazing, it used to be fantastic and it's not anymore. And I, you know, I wish you could see it 20 years ago, what it was or 30 years ago. So yeah, it, it happens to me. It happened to me quite a lot, actually. So I, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised that it happened to you too. It's it's quite common, and you know, Cubans are so proud. They're proud of you know themselves, of their country, of their achievement, and you know, they gotta be. They're one of the most well-educated country in the world, and they are absolutely uh, all of them are incredibly well-educated and incredibly intelligent. So you know, it's I think it's part of the proudness of the, the Cuban character in, in some ways. So I think it comes pretty much with that. Um, I just had one kind of final question. After looking at your book, I noticed that um, only a few of the photos have actual people in them, either walking by or in a vehicle going by. And I just wanted to know if that was on purpose or maybe you just whenever you showed up, that's the way it was when it showed up. So I just wanted to get your impression of, of the, the of what I saw in the book. Well, it's kind of like both in some ways. Um, uh, some cinemas I did had the chance to um, maybe go back earlier or later and to actually, you know, uh, have the chance to take another, another photograph. Sorry, some others I actually didn't. So it was kind of like, the moment, but at the same time, it was one of my ideas to abstract um, uh, as much as I could the cinema itself from the surrounding area and the surrounding surrounding situations. That's why you don't really see a lot of cars, because I wanted these cinemas to be, you know, in some ways more international to really talk about how we used to. Uh, be around media, how, um, you know, medias used to be something that we used to share together, all together. So we used to all go in a group to the movies. But now we're just dealing with the movies on a smaller and smaller screen every day. Uh, and in the solitude of our homes and apartments. So without having the people around it, it made more sense to me to show them that way, because it made more sense towards this discourse of these movie theaters being in some ways an example uh, of, a, of, a, of a phenomenon that actually happened around the world because even in Italy we had a lot of a lot of cinemas but then they've been you know destroyed transformed uh, built into other things so um, I didn't want it to be um, too much about you know Cuba I wanted it to be more about uh, the cinemas of course, there are a couple with, you know, the beautiful cars and some of them with even like people passing around on, on horses um, because they were just so beautiful that I honestly, I couldn't resist. <laughs> so I did also make those kind of images. But yeah, the idea was to kind of like abstract them a little bit from the context to make a more uh, global discourse about the fruition of media that we all are experiencing. Beautiful. Thank you. Well, those are all the questions I have. I just want to let you know, I'll probably put this podcast up in a week or so, and I'll just send you the link when it's up there. Absolutely. Uh, and I'd like to share the, the link on Amazon in case anybody would like to have this beautiful book for their collection. It's just 
it's just well made. It's 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 beautiful. Thank you. I'm I'm really I'm really happy that you that you like it. So you said there are a few copies on Amazon, but uh, I have to say that uh, I was very lucky. Um, the book has been also. Uh, taken into a lot of uh, public libraries collections in the US. So you can actually have a look at it also in many uh, places where you have uh, normally a Latin American uh, college or university or big center. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's also something that I'm really, that I'm really happy about. And then, you know, for every, everyone else that maybe uh, is interested, interested into the project and maybe doesn't want the book yet, uh, I have a huge website, uh, which is www.cinesdecuba.com. And inside of the website, there's actually an interactive map of uh, the island with all of the uh, all of the places where the cinemas are placed and with the with the pictures that you actually see inside of the book and also with a little bit of the story that i could actually gather around about each and every one of the cinemas so um i i i i have been reached by a family um that was actually looking for information about the cinema of their ancestors that they used to own uh, right outside of Havana and so you know they they asked me and I was able to actually uh help them uh you know realize that the cinema was actually still there and actually one of the ones still running so um yeah it's you know part of this idea that I have that this is uh, very important for you know Cuba and but also very important for the world in some ways and um, and so this idea of like giving the possibility to everyone to look into this project even if you you know don't want a book don't want to buy the book um, it's for me actually very important and this is the reason why I have this like huge website uh, where you can actually consult and of course there's a direct uh, reach for me uh, so, you know, if anyone has more information about the cinemas, please let me know so I can update uh, the website. That's also, you know, always in progress. You right. know, sometimes I, I have emails of people saying, oh, but I used to remember this and that. And, you know, it gets inside of the of the page of the of the cinema. So it's live for me. It's an alive uh, situation. And it's, you know, part of my very humble contribution of, you know, not only taking, but also, you know, giving back to these places, you know, as best as I can by, you know, sharing the story of these places um, in a more peculiar way, one from the other. That's beautiful. So I might do just a little video since I wasn't aware of that interactive part maybe mm -hmm. just to encourage people to go visit that. I'll just do maybe like a 60 second uh, recap of the podcast and just, you know, show them how they can find that information. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I have divided it into different itineraries. If you don't want to go, you know, alone in this, in this uh, voyage and um uh, so there also there is also the the, the itinerary the, sorry the itinerary of my favorite cinemas. Uh, so you have Art Deco, Art Nouveau, the old ones, the newer ones, you know the the ones from uh, from the communist area. Uh, so it's uh, it's an interesting it's an interesting uh, website. So I'm glad if you if you want to share it, absolutely. Yeah, I mean there's so many other discussions that can happen around this of uh, this topic. So. 
um, you know, what movies were like in the 50s and then what the movie theaters were like in the 60s. You know, there was a, a, a lull in uh, movie production between the 50s and the 60s because the because of the, you know, changing politics. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Oh. There was. I, I actually read a lot about that. Uh, so what happened is that um, friendly, in some ways, countries uh, were still producing movies that were distributed in Cuba. Um, uh, Italy, France, uh, so, you know, Fellini, Truffaut, uh, all of the neorealistic neo Italian and French cinema is, was widespread at the time. Um, and then what happened during the late 60s and beginning of the 70s was actually the distribution of uh, South American uh, movies. So Colombian movies, Venezuelan movies, and Argentinian movies. So it was very interesting because in some way, Cubans were not, of course, they were out of the American circuit of, of movies, but they were inside a whole different circuit of, of, of movies that were arriving in Cuba that were absolutely fascinating and very interesting. And of, of course, of extremely high quality, as we, as we know. So they kind of like underwent another influence in what they actually had the chance to see, um, but they did see a lot of movies, a uh, lot, lot of movies anyway. Um, what what it, what one can say about this is also that, uh, unfortunately, with the change of government uh, in '55, uh, a lot of movie theaters were already closed at that time, and then they stayed closed for some time, and then they actually reopened back in the 60s when you know probably the government found the money to actually reopen all of these uh, all of these structures so there was a little bit of a rumble and and and, and change but um, but you know even the, the younger people from from my generation uh, they all went to the movies uh, you know anyways even if they didn't see you know James Bond and and Disney movies but they did go to the to, to, to the movies so that's that's also really extremely fascinating about about this story of the cinemas it is absolutely fascinating so I just wanted to thank you for your time and thank you for being patient with us to get the podcast recorded and I'm super excited to, to share this book and the story so again thank you and I can't wait to see the other projects that you mentioned what comes out in the future and hopes for the future sounds very interesting to me so thank you so much for having me Brian it's it's, it's really it's a pleasure and it's an honor to be able to talk to your community of Cuban Americans that I really cherish a lot. And um, yeah, I am here. I am on Instagram and the website is live and it's communicating with me. So, you know, whoever has questions or want to, wants to get in touch, I am definitely here for all of you guys. So thank, thank you, you so much. much for having me. Thank you. You may hear, you may hear from me again, you know, with some of these other topics. So Absolutely. Whenever you want, I'm here. And I'm in Washington D.C. So if you're ever if you're ever in oh. Washington D.C., let me know. Yes, so definitely, definitely, we'll, we'll organize something as soon as we can travel back again. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank no, you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. I love your book. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye.